Welcome to the Maternity and Midwifery Hour, brought to you once a week by the Maternity and Midwifery Forum. This podcast is supported by Matflix, video streaming from maternity experts. All your CPD needs made easy. If you need to get your revalidation done or have a student project to complete, Matflix is the one-stop shop. And good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Maternity and Midwifery Hour. This is number session nine of series six, and we're going to be looking tonight globally um, and with a slightly different slant to what you've been listening to in the news over the last couple of weeks. Um, my name's Sue MacDonald, and I'm the curator for the Maternity and Midwifery Hour and the Maternity and Midwifery Festivals, and it's my delight to be chairing this session this evening and I'm delighted to welcome two old friends well they're not old but they're old friends which is quite different and that and, and known to many of you who'll be watching Maeve O'Connell and Gina Souza and they're going to be talking midwifery education not just midwifery education which is my passion as you know anyway but also global midwifery education which is even more exciting um, and they're in Abu Dhabi can you believe it? They don't look as though they're miles away from us, but they are. <laughs> but of course, when we have our guests, we always ask them for a little moment of the week. So please, Gina and Maeve, share your moment of the week with us. <laughs> well, I think we're both baby related, aren't we? <laughs> we are aunties of nephews. <laughs> So I have my sister staying with me and my little nephew for the first time was coordinating his arm, very concentrating and then getting out and touching things. And one of them was his mum's face. So that was really like, oh, Oh, (laughs) this week. And I'm remote anteing at the moment. So I have three nephews, so I have to include all three of them. But I've most recently acquired a baby nephew, Rian, and he's how many weeks? Four weeks now. And today we were walking along the corridor and I got a WhatsApp and a big, beautiful smile, a beaming smile from baby Rian in Cork um, today. So it was really, really exciting for all my family. We're delighted to see his big smiling face. So a big shout out actually to all the Cork midwives for um, supporting <laughs> my sister a couple of weeks back. We're Wonderful. Delighted. That's wonderful. Thank you very much, both of you. It's lovely to have a sort of a very positive baby picture, at this, especially at this time. And thank you for sharing your moment of the week. That's very special. And I love this idea of acquiring <laughs> these nephews and nieces. That's really lovely. So we're, I'm just going to say a big welcome again to everybody. Um, and as you know, the Maternity and Midwifery Hour was kind of born from the pandemic uh, two years ago now, this we're coming into our third year now, and we really designed it to give midwives, student midwives, um, aspiring student midwives, mums, dads, um, and people that were just working in maternity services, just a way of connecting, a way of getting information in a very digestible way, because it was a time when everyone was very stressed, everyone was working very hard. Actually, they're still working very hard. That hasn't changed. But it's a way of, of, of getting connected with some information. 
is all supported by Mapflix. And if you are a midwife doing a project or if you are a student doing an assignment, Mapflix is the place to go for some up-to-date information, all free and all very accessible um, and excellent for your revalidation also. And you can share. So tonight, if you'll enjoy tonight and you'll want to share with your colleagues, and you can because you'll you'll be able to be able to access the recording and share with your colleagues and have a discussion all free all great i just want to say a big thank you as i always do but it's always sincerely and warmly meant to our nhs colleagues across the board thanking them for their what they're working at the moment our maternity services especially everyone's a bit under stress it's a difficult time not just with the endings of covid or i mean it's still people are still unwell with covid but also with what else is happening in the war, war it's, um, in the world it's a very difficult time very scary and uncertain and that makes it difficult working and thinking um, so big thank you to all the midwives and students out there giving fantastic quality care to mums and their babies and families and covering sick leaves and absences. And it's difficult times. So people are tired and stressed and we all need to be kind to each other. And I know my colleagues, Maeve and Gina, will probably say these things as well. But we do need to be kind to ourselves and be kind to others because it's a hard time. And. Just a bit of news. I haven't got that much news because you know what's going on in the world. But yesterday was International Women's Day and I have to do this business, the Cross Arms, which we were all doing yesterday. Great celebration of women with the themes of solidarity and a call out of gender bias, discrimination, stereotyping, working towards women's equalities. And we all have to subscribe to that. I have to say it's a fantastic day for Twitter and for Facebook, there were lots of super images. And what hit me more than anything was some beautiful artworks that went across, especially on Twitter. So if you want to just find out some things, just put in International Day of Women or Women's Day and you'll find lots of, of images that are fantastic. Now I'm going to promote my favourite calendar because I haven't got time for anything else, but this happiness calendar is a lovely thing to have. I have it on my wall all the time. And this is the March one. It's from Action for Happiness. It's all available free online. And it's a really nice thing because you just give yourself a task a day. Today, on the 9th, it's take a full breath in and out before you reply to others. Now, I think that's if you maybe are feeling a little bit crotchety or cross, you know, this thing about take a breath and before you make an answer, but it might mean just thinking before you speak, which is good. And there's lots of lovely little things you can try there just to center yourself and mind, and go into mindfulness. And I know that Maeve is really into that as well. So I'm, I dare say she'll mention that as well. And as you all know, most news has been blotted out by the Ukraine invasion and the terrible news about the maternity hospital in, in Ukraine, which has been bombed today. And I, I know that there'll be people who'll be very distressed. I'm distressed and I'm very upset about it. And I want to send my prayers and my thoughts to people there now today. OK, I'm going to move now to our other main meet of our day or evening, and we've got an international head-on, we're going to be looking at midwifery education. I think we're going to see quite a lot of leadership here because I've got two fantastic midwifery education leaders. 
looking at how we can help and support midwifery and midwifery education in the rest of the world. Now, there's no currently there's not a midwifery degree available in the United Arab, Arab Emirates. And Maeve O'Connell and Gina Sosa are working as part of a team to develop a fully accredited Bachelor of Science degree midwifery program. Now, we, we've got kind of used to having one of those, but it's a lot of work. And I know it's a lot of work as having been involved in the, in the past. This is going to begin in Abu Dhabi at first. And depending on its success, definitely going to be a success, maybe rolled out across campuses in the other Emirates. So I'm really delighted to be joined by a wonderful double act here. And I'm going to introduce both of them together uh, because they're going to speak together and present. Um, and Gina, Gina Sosa is a, an assistant professor at the Fatima College of Health Sciences in Abu Dhabi. She's been a midwife for 27 years. She trained and, and worked at the Whittington. I know that because I know um, Gina from then, Whittington, London. And she, it's here that her passion to support women and educate health professionals regarding especially female genital mutilation commenced. And she then moved to Nor Norfolk. She's worked as a clinical midwife, clinical manager and governance mid midwife and completed a PhD exploring midwifery, one-to-one -one support in labour within midwifery-led environments. Gina's worked in all areas of midwifery, but she's particularly passionate for enhancing normal physiological processes in labour and caring for women and training professionals regarding FGM. And Maeve, Dr. Maeve O'Connor, so, but we've got both two, two doctors here, in effect, uh, is an academic midwife working as an assistant professor also at Fatima College in Abu Dhabi. She trained as a midwife in Ireland, has clinical experience as a midwife in all areas of midwifery care, in particular intrapartum care, having worked as a high-risk specialist midwife in London previously. And she has her PhD from University College Cork on the topic of fear in childbirth. That's her real passion and tocophobia. She's passionate about birth rights and equitable access to high quality maternity care globally. And they're both with us this evening. So welcome, Gina and Maeve. The screen is now yours. Thank you, thank you. We're starting, first of all, by showing you some lovely images of Abu Dhabi, because lots of people get Abu Dhabi muddled up with the other Emirates, especially Dubai. Um, so we were just telling Sue earlier that when you go out into the rural area, you will see farmers uh, going across the road with camels. And it's just such a spectacular sight to see, especially a Londoner, because this is not our norm. And also the Sheikh Syed Mosque is unbelievable in any time, day or night, but night is just got that extra special time because of the lighting. Um, and then the Formula One, the lighting around that is amazing. So if anybody comes to Abu Dhabi, you must come and see these sites. It's much more traditional as well, isn't it? Compared yeah. to like um, Dubai. Yeah, so we'll be giving you a bit more um, in-depth um, talk around the geographical location in a minute mm. but I guess the big question is what brings two midwives to work in Abu Dhabi why do we choose to work <laughs> here and as you can see from this picture this is the first time that we met each other via zoom yeah so this is a really kind of exciting moment for us when we realized that we were going to be actually working together um i'm i'm back in ireland and gina's here in the uae and she you can see in her face she's like yes 
I've got another <laughs> midwife that's going to be joining me. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're just both really excited to get this opportunity. Um, and I guess uh, for me, um, it's always been a thing that I've seen that um, academic midwives, nurses and midwives have travelled and have broadened their horizons. There's certainly a big Irish diaspora um, across the globe, wherever you go. And some of my um, midwifery lecturers, um, Rona, who worked in Alain, and um, Dr. Professor Geraldine McCarthy, many different academic midwives before me have gone to Middle East and I certainly would have held them as role models. So it would have been something that appealed to me always. Um, and then I have to say that my sister lived here for 10 years and one of my best friends lived in Ras al-Khaimah as well. Um, so I'm backwards and forwards to the Middle East for the last 10 years. Um, and previous to this, I worked in Bahrain, which is another Gulf country, um, for two years in the Royal College of Surgeons, um, just before I came out here as well, um, and then Cardiff, and then back, back to the UAE. So I'm really happy to have the opportunity to join Gina. Who? <laughs> and for me, uh, my husband's been working here for 12 years as uh, academic. Oh. And um, for 10 of those years, I've been going backwards and forwards, having a job in the UK. And then COVID hit. And then I found myself here in Abu Dhabi, teaching UK students at first online. And then I started to feel that I wanted to stay here, I wanted to stay with my husband. And I was really lucky that a job came up. And it actually it was my um, really good colleague, Kenda Crozier, said, Gina, did you know that there's a job going on at Fatima College? So she's always got international knowledge. So she was fabulous. And, um, and yes, why wouldn't we go for this? It's a massive challenge, but it's a fantastic challenge um, to actually start uh, a degree course in the UAE. So first of all, then, we just want to have a map just to show where <laughs> the Emirates is, um, because sometimes people do get confused. So this map isn't absolutely perfect, but if you look where the arrow is, there's like a little horn <laughs> that comes up in this area, and that is where the UAE is. Um, okay, so the United Arab Emirates um, consists of seven emirates, actually. So the mm -hmm. seven emirates in the UAE. And in 1971, there was actually six. But in 1972, Ras al-Khaimah then joined the emirates. So I'm just going to name them. Abu Dhabi, Dubai, Sharjah, Ajman, Um, um al-Quain and Fujairah. And then Ras al-Khaimah, so Raq. So that's the seven emirates that make up the United Arab Emirates. And... Okay, so just to give you some background as to the healthcare in the United Arab Emirates. Um, we've both been here for, I've been here six months, Gina's been here for eight months. So we're, we've been like detectives trying to do our research and trying to read up all the documents that we can possibly find relating to healthcare in the United Arab Emirates. And what we can see is that there's been a rapid growth and development, which is consistent with our perceptions, I guess, of the United Arab Emirates. If you think of it, of, of Dubai, Abu Dhabi, United Arab Emirates, you think of like high pace, rapid yeah. development. It seems to be a very um, a place that's full of growth. And this was certainly what we found in the literature. So what we looked at literature and we found this beautiful oral history, which was taken by researchers in Ras al-Khaimah, actually, um, who interviewed um, uh, local medics mm -hmm. to talk about um, medicine and healthcare in the United Arab Emirates. So the first hospital was actually established in Dubai and Al-Ras in 1943, and that was um, established by British colonizers there. In 1960, 
the Oasis Hospital in Alain was was um, founded and that was specialising in women's uh, neonatal health and that is still in existence um, to date. So that is a very large um, mm-hmm. uh, maternity hospital here in the United Arab Emirates in Alain. The Ministry of Health was only founded in the 1970s when the nation was actually founded in 1971. So over the last 50 years, we have seen the establishment of healthcare in the UAE. Um, Abu Dhabi government set up the General Authority of Health Services for the Emirate of Abu Dhabi in the 2000s and 2001. And Fatima College, where we're currently working, was founded in 2006. So Fatima College is um, a college which is only for women. And it was founded by the mother of our nation, who is Sheikha Fatima. And her vision is that um, to promote Emirati women working in healthcare professions. And there's four campuses um, across the Emirates in Abu Dhabi, Alain, Al-Dafra and uh, Ajman. There's 3,000 students across four campuses and we produce over 1,000 graduate nurses in the UAE every year. So it's um, quite a significant um, proportion of the nurses in the UAE would come from Fatima College. We have six accredited undergraduate degrees, including nursing, psychology, physiotherapy, medical uh, imaging, uh, paramedics and physiotherapy. And uh, we're currently obviously working on developing an accredited midwifery program. So it's really, really exciting. And it really is being supported 100% by our team um, who have started developing this, this, this little acorn was sown long before we've arrived. Yeah. Yeah. So we definitely have to acknowledge all of the team that have come before us, Annie yeah. and Dr. Gleason, Dr. Gleason. Yeah. have really... Um, they've really driven forward this agenda for women's health and they really want to make this midwifery program a success. So Fatima College was, est- was established in 2006. And then you can see on the timeline in 2007, there was a restructuring of the Department of Health um, by Sheikh Mohammed bin Rashid Al Maktoum. Um, and then in the 2010s, 2012s, there's been much more development as well. Um, the most recent thing would be the um transition in Abu Dhabi to the Department of Health. Mm-hmm. So we have our own Department of Health here in Abu Dhabi. We have to talk about the UAE NMC, who are our nursing midwifery regulator. They were founded in 2009. Um, and they would regulate nursing midwifery across um, the United Arab Emirates. So um, I guess in terms of just to give some background about the um, health improvements in maternal care, we have seen the United Arab Emirates go from somewhere that was, I suppose, desert, essentially, to now being a modern, high-tech, developed uh, country with swift and rapid and impressive Mm -hmm. um, improved outcomes in line with the Millennium Development Goals and SDGs. And I guess that's something that we would like to keep pushing forward with, um, with especially the advancements and the most recent reports like the State of the World's Midwifery in 2021, which has um, urgently called for more midwives to um, address the agenda for universal healthcare coverage and the SDGs. So it's really, really crucial part of the global priorities and the United Arab Emirates government are recognising this. So the kinds of developments, just to put it into statistics, I guess, 
This is a really powerful statistic, so I want you to just listen to this. In the UAE in the 1960s, approximately half of newborn babies did not survive, and a third of mothers died during childbirth. So that would be within living memory, I would think, of the current generation. So I'll repeat it. Approximately half of newborn babies did not survive, and a third of mothers died during childbirth in the 1960s. It's very recent. Um, however, now our infant mortality rate fell to 22 per thousand live births in 1990 and falling further again in 2011 to seven per thousand. And most recently in 2015, mortality rate was 5.6 per 1,000. So from 22 per thousand to 5.6 per thousand. So they have made rapid strides. Um, and impressive um, changes and improvements in maternal outcomes and neonatal outcomes. And just to think about other risk factors as well in health generally, um, there are issues about obesity. 27.8% of the population is said to be obese. There's also problems with smoking. Um, one in eight deaths are said to be associated with um, smoking. Uh, and this is males. Um, cardiovascular diseases is high on the list for causing deaths. Two thirds of deaths is because of cardiovascular problems. And strokes are the third greatest cause of deaths. Um, cancer, 15% um, are caused by cancer. Um, diabetes is widespread as well. Um, but what we have seen um, going around the hospitals that all these health issues, everybody knows about them. I mean, the students know about them too, and they are being targeted by the key performance standards, the KPIs as well. So they're really on it. Um, and they are there's a massive push to increase the number of nurses and physicians as well. So they do see that they haven't got enough and they're trying to make increases internationally and locally as well. Um, in the hospitals, all the documentation is going electronic. So some of the media is mixed at the moment, but some have gone totally electronic. Um, yeah. And um, I guess I just wanted to say as well about the UAE national policy. So they are recognizing that there's an increased population growth and in line with that, that we would need more healthcare staff to facilitate the increasing births. But a crucial thing here is that we need skilled Emiratis because of recruitment and retention, because with a high, um, a high staff rate of expats, there's a high turnover and we really want to promote um, growth within the Emirati population yeah. so, that, so that there will be um, longevity of staff. And here, we just wanted to give you an illustration about what Maeve was saying earlier, that there's been so much um, structural change. And this photograph was taken in 1964, and it just shows the rapid development in the UAE. Um, here is a picture of Casa Al-Hossan, which was the original home of the ruling family of Abu Dhabi. Um, and you can see in the background that there's palm fond houses and Bedouin um, tents. And they are the black tents that you see. And then you see that in 19, 
1960s, late 1960s to 1970s. This is the same site uh, with Casa Al Hossen. And now you see structured roads and motorways, and you actually see concrete houses as well. So look at this development, look how quick it's happening. And then in red, illustrations I have to say from my husband, um, <laughs> he has shown that um, this is uh, Casa Al Hossen. And look at the development now. This photograph was taken in 2013, and you can see the skyline has completely changed. It's beautiful. I was there recently for a festival, and it's just beautiful. It's in the middle of the city, so the, they still preserve the fort in the exact way that it was. They've done a really yeah, nice job there. Beautiful. And, and like um, you said, Maeve, this has all happened in about 50 years. This is astonishing the technology, that has, how it's advanced. Okay. So let's get the business at hand, midwifery, what we're all here for. <laughs> okay. So this is one of the main challenges that we face in global midwifery today. If we look worldwide, when we're looking at developing midwifery, the first challenge that we face is actually identifying what is midwifery because worldwide we know that nurses are often conflated with midwives. And the ICM have kindly um, uh, given us this lo lovely definition and a lovely explanation for, for us to put into words exactly what it is that we do. So we have a particular approach to care of women and their newborn infants, whereby we optimize normal biological, psychological, social and cultural processes of childbirth and the early life of the newborn. And we work together in a particular way with women in which we respect their individual uh, rights, circumstances, and we take their views into consideration when we're um, working with them to, to make decisions around their care. We promote self-care in women to empower them, to give them ownership of their birth and to promote their own abilities to care for themselves and their families. And we provide respectful care um, with dignity. We collaborate with other midwives and other health professionals. So the key there is that we recognize the abnormal. We're very familiar with the normal um, processes and then recognizing when things become abnormal and escalating to the appropriate healthcare professionals. So yesterday with the International Day of the of Women's Day, um, I saw the ICM put out some really good graphics. And one of the graphics that hit me um, was they put out some of the outcomes that midwifery affects. And one of the key outcomes that they posted yesterday was alloimmunization. So the Lancet Midwifery series, um, there's four papers which were published in 2014 and the paper by Tenhu. Petra Tenhoop-Bender, it gives you all of the outcomes that are, that are uh, improved by midwifery. And just to think that by recognizing, by knowing the normal physiological processes, that midwives can actually identify the abnormal and escalate something mm. like alloimmunization can be prevented. That really struck me as a powerful outcome, which um, is tangible when we know that, um, that midwives can improve mid um, maternal and newborn health. So where did we have to start? You know, um, so it's, it's a big task. So the first thing that came to mind is what does midwifery look like in the UAE? Um, we didn't know where midwives were working. We didn't know what scope of practice they were working. And we didn't know how they felt about their working conditions. So that was our first, um, first question that we had. 
And then we also thought that we needed to get the perspective, obviously, of service users. We want to know what's the experience of women. Um, but our questions slightly changed. And when we tell you about um, our experiences of going around the hospitals, we're, we'll let you know that. But our questions changed for the women because, first of all, we wanted to ask the women, you know, who was looking after you? <laughs> you know, what, did a midwife look after you in the antenatal clinic? Did they do your checks? Did they look after you in labor? And then what we found by going to the managers and the midwives and the hospitals that actually most of the midwives are working in the labor ward and not in the antenatal area. So I'll go in a little bit more detail on that in a minute. So we didn't need that information from the women. What we actually needed from the women then was how would you feel about a midwife looking after you? <laughs> because it's a change, isn't it? Um, because in much of their care, they're actually having obstetricians caring for them antenatally. And in the postnatal care, they're having maternity nurses and they're doing a fantastic job. But where does midwifery fit in this? You know, and um, we have to find out if the woman is willing to change that setup of care as well. And also the obstetricians, they're going to have to help support our students. Because if they're doing all the antenatal care, then the students are going to have to align with them and be taught how to do um, antenatal abdominal palpations and all the check from them. So, so far, the obstetricians are being really supportive and they want midwifery to come through. But it is going to be a challenge for the whole team because it's going to be massive changes of dynamics in their working conditions. And in the future, as the cohorts evolve, we will be getting student midwives feedback. But what we are getting from student nurses is, when are we going to start this course? When are you going to do midwifery? So it's looking good. Most midwives are, well, nurses are asking us about a bridging program, isn't it? But I think at the moment we're concentrating on the degree program and then the next in line would be to do a postgraduate. So that's what we're going to be offering. So to just give you a little bit more information about, we'll go on to the mate tool. Yes. <laughs> when we was going round to the stakeholders, we had our mate tool in our hand. And what the mate tool enabled us to do was to um, assess our curriculum, um, our organisation, our education organisation at Fatima College, but also to ask questions about the facilities that are available at each hospital. Who are their staff? You know, what equipment have they got? How many rooms have they got? How many births do they have? Um, and like I said, what we found was that midwives were mostly working in labor ward. And that wasn't a choice. That wasn't even a choice of the organization. They just haven't got enough midwives. So they're centering them where they think that that is the priority, where that's the safest place uh, from a woman's perspective for them to be. And that's why obstetricians are doing the antenatal care, but midwives are doing health promotion, aren't they? They're doing yes. the antenatal classes and they give um, health promotion information to them. And then postnatally, the maternity nurses are looking after the women. Now, women are in hospital for approximately two to five days, depending on the type of birth. And they stay in a little bit longer than what we're used to um, because when they go home, they don't have community visits. Um, if they have a problem, 
Um, they would go to an obstetrician if it's about themselves, go to um, a pediatrician if it's about the baby or a lactation officer if it's about the breastfeeding. So they go to as an outpatient. And we're hoping in the future, because the director of the hospitals have been really good about wanting to support community care, because we know community care does happen in nursing, doesn't it? Yeah. So we're hoping that we'll be able to follow suit um, and get midwifery into the homes, even if it starts with the postnatal. Um, is there anything else that you would add, Maeve? Um, no, just the enthusiasm, really, and the drive and the will is there, definitely. And like we said, mid, uh, the students are very keen to join us and to, everybody wants to know when we're starting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I think um, it will be very exciting if we can get the accreditation. So let's get on with the let's get on with the next bit so I guess um uh the next thing that we're going to talk about is obviously in order to have competent midwives and build the workforce we need to have um a high quality midwifery education and degree available um so we need to have high quality midwifery education which will underpin all of this to give us a really strong midwifery workforce hopefully going forward in the future so myself and Dr. Gina have been tasked with developing a midwifery curriculum and our current business in hand is going through accreditation and we have 61 points of, yeah. um, of feedback and requirements that we need to work on. So we are basing our new curriculum on the ICM com competencies, which are freely available and it's a fantastic facility that is there from the International Federation of Midwives. Everything is there for any country who is interested in developing midwifery, all of these resources are available online. So we have these competencies which are essential for midwifery practice and they are forming the basis for our curriculum. So we have general competencies, pre-pregnancy and antenatal, care during labour and birth, and then the ongoing care of women and newborns. So that is our basic um, sort of uh, competencies and standards for our, our, our foundation, our programme. Um, we're just highlighting there, I guess, the outcomes. I talked about them, I touched on them briefly earlier. The Lancet series has highlighted the kinds of outcomes that we can expect when we introduce midwifery to the UAE. So you can see the many different outcomes that are improved when we in introduce high quality midwifery, midwifery education and midwifery um, to a country. So there's many different benefits for public health and for maternal and newborn outcomes, which are there on the screen. In terms of our programme, we are going to be incorporating the Baby Friendly Hospital Initiative yep. standards, and we will be doing a four-year bachelor uh, midwifery programme. So the first year will be a foundation year, which will be like a general requirement uh, year. We follow the American system of uh, education where the students select their courses and it makes up a certain requirement of ours. And um, so we're, we're, we're following that American system. Yeah, but we're also piloting, aren't we? Because we're doing a block system so that they will have their theory and skills and then go out into clinicals, where at the moment they're doing a blended a system. A blended, so yeah. yeah, at the moment they do two days of clinical per week and then they have theory and lab in the same week. Whereas we are going to do like the UK system where we have eight weeks of clinical um, or theory and then clinical, similar to what we would be used to. But we were doing it because of the stakeholder meetings, because the staff in the hospitals have said, please let the midwives do a block system. Let them come here and do four weeks at least as a block so that they can really enhance their skills. 
Mm. So, yeah. So then, so for first year, they'll do their general requirement. We're doing a, a course called Introduction to Nursing and Midwifery, where I will, I'm going to lead it. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be about talking about the history of nursing, the history of, of midwifery, and really be doing some self-development work and coaching for each student to work out what it is that they would like to do. And then we will have interviews for the students who would be interested in midwifery. And myself and Dr. Gina will um, assess which, yep. which 30 students out of how many? Um, oh, I don't know how. Yeah, I don't could, know how many. How many, but it <laughs> but could be hundreds. Choose. Yeah, we're going to choose. It could be hundreds <laughs> might apply. We don't know yet. Hopefully there'll be lots of apply. Um, but we will be selecting 30 students mm. for the first cohort who would hopefully start in into second year in August 2022, all going well, fingers crossed. So second year then will focus on their normality. Mm-hmm. the normal physiological processes and then from third year we'll move into the complexities and fourth year is building competency and consolidated practice as per kind of the normal midwifery curriculum absolutely is there anything else you want to add here? no i think that's superb okay and our uh, curriculum is based on health promotion how midwives or the student midwives will be trying to promote health and then enhancing the physiology and recognizing that as their scope of practice. And when they need to do a first line management to bring in um, a situation to bring it back to the normal physiology. And if that doesn't happen and there's more complexities, then they need to have um, a knowledge of the multidisciplinary team to refer. So everything is following that format throughout. Okay, so I suppose just this this slide here is kind of focusing on the fact that we need midwifery more than ever. We've reiterated this throughout our whole presentation. We need midwives and we really can make a difference if we are given the opportunity to to produce more midwives and to work in our full scope of practice. And I guess that is the key thing, really, is that, you know, we could be um, sort of doing the same thing that's always been done but we have to be brave we have to have courage we have to have conviction in our um abilities as midwives and to give our students that courage to sort of work in their full autonomous um scope of practice recognizing their capabilities as midwives and making sure our job as midwifery educators is to make sure that all of these students graduate confident and competent and fully skilled and ready to take on the challenges of leading the next generation of midwives in the United Arab Emirates. We have every confidence in these students. We do. We do. And so that would mean that actually these midwives will be doing the antenatal clinics. (laughs) They will be. And they will be doing postnatal care, you know, in the future. And they will be doing community care. That is what they're going to be taught. That They're going to be ready to use their full scope of practice. So, yeah, so they will be using all of these full scope practice as per the framework in the QMNC. So this is us because um, at the same time of doing the curriculum and Maeve loves the whiteboard. (laughs) uh, It's it's our thinking time when we're together. Um, But in the meantime, we're also teaching and we love it uh, teaching the maternity nurses, don't we? Because at least we feel there's a connection there with midwifery. Yeah, so um, we teach theory, we teach the skills and we 
also um, go out in the clinicals. Now, the great thing about the clinical area is as lecturers, we go out with the students as well. So we're not allowed to do any hands-on care, but we're there to just enhance making that connection between the theory and the practice. And that has been a real delight. And we're hoping we can use that, that when the students are a student midwives in the future are with the obstetricians, for example, we can then explain and translate the philosophy of midwifery in practice while it's happening as well. And we've seen such good things on our way round <laughs> on our stakeholder meeting. And one of them was seeing this pool, because obviously, um, if you're going to enhance the normal physiology, you need an enabling environment. So this is part of our task is looking at the environment and thinking, OK, in their second year now, how are they going to get this experience? So we was delighted to see this pool. And we know that there's other pools, uh, water birth pools, and we just need um, staff to be educated so that they can use them. So staff are excited to do that in the future. Um, the facilities are fantastic in the hospitals, aren't they? Yeah. You've got single rooms for every single postnatal woman. You've got spacious rooms for the labor wards and they're bright, natural daylight with beautiful views of the desert um, in most areas. And, um, and there's that privacy as well, isn't there, in the yeah. rooms. And the midwives, I have to say, they're really motivated and they're passionate. And it's just lovely that we are just all the same, aren't we? Wherever we are in the world, we've just still got that passion. Yeah, I think it's just been really inspiring, really, to meet these midwives. And you, you have that connection. And I found that no matter where you go in the world, when you're a nurse, when you're a midwife, you have this simpatico, you have this understanding, and you immediately um, understand the common challenges and also the the joys of the job as well. We really have had a great time um, sort of getting to know these midwives and talking about births and things that happen um, on their day-to-day -day rounds and everything like that. So it's been really interesting. And to hear the kind of cultural norms as well around births and yeah. learning many different things. So it's just been really, really a privilege to be invited in and to be welcomed the way we have as well. So we just know that the environment is there. <laughs> we, we just need the student midwives <laughs> in that environment now. Okay, so challenges. I think the, the biggest challenge will be the changes that come up, isn't it? So everybody's um, very supportive at the moment, but it is going to be a challenge. It's going to be changes, you know, if the midwives are going to be doing antenatal clinics, that in itself is going to be a massive change. Yeah, I think this is something we're both, uh, I think I said this to you at the beginning, Sue, that we're under no illusion that this is going to, we're here for the long haul. This is not going to happen overnight. This is not something that we uh, think is going to happen in the next year, in the next no. six months. This is a long-term kind of plan that we both are committed to. So hopefully, you know, by four or five years, we should start to see a couple of graduates come through. And then in the next five to 10 years, we would kind of see the results of this um, coming through. Yeah. We have met some of the graduates from the 2010 cohorts. Yes. There was a midwifery program that ran and we met some of those midwives who are just fabulous. Yeah. They're working in leadership roles at the moment. Um, and I guess. So we've kind of, we're familiarizing ourselves through the scoping exercise and through all of the stakeholder meetings, we're familiarizing ourselves with the kinds of challenges that might um, crop up. Um, 
but we're we're both capable we're both here we're both mm. positive and motivated and we've, we've definitely got the right environment and the right um sort of support behind us so yeah we're both very positive about it um i think that there's an there is like i said that drive here when we have that will to change something things tend to happen quite quickly so this change might equally come from the women and I think that tends to happen a lot with grassroots things is that suddenly women want change and the women will ask, well, I want to have a water birth. I want to have a midwife led um, option. And we're seeing those kinds of um, inklings. We're having people reach out to us and there is a lot of, um, like I said, motivation to to have these midwife graduates and to employ them and to give them opportunities to work. So we're, we're, we're very positive. We're optimistic. We and we've got research going as well. So we was really happy when we passed the first ethics committee, didn't we? <laughs> so we've got um, research going around the midwives just to ask them where they're working, just to get um, um, a bigger scope, um, just to find out what they're actually doing. And then um, we're get going through the ethics at the moment so that we can do a survey for women as well. Just like I said, just to find out how they feel about midwives looking after them. So we just wanted to say some thank yous because you never do a project on your own. <laughs> and when you've just got such a big task, you just don't know where to start. Um, so we was just so lucky that we was able to reach out and look at this. I mean, it's global. <laughs> so um, Dr. Kenda Crozier from the University of East Anglia um, was speaking to us. All these specialists were speaking to us about the curriculum. Um, Astrid Francis from Chile as well spoke to us um, from a university there in Santiago. And then Indy Carr, she has been really brilliant because not only does she have the knowledge of the curriculum, but she's been in our position <laughs> when there was nothing. <laughs> um, so she has given us so much insight, hasn't she, about Fernandez uh, Hospital Foundation. And then Samuel Abdu, who we met um, at Fatima College, because Fatima College is giving guidance to Jima University in Ethiopia. And so they were coming over and observing our practice and learning about our curriculum. But obviously, it's an exchange. And this young man is, is in his 20s, early 20s, got a master's, super intelligent and doing such brilliant work in Ethiopia. And they shared their curriculum on midwifery with us. So it's been absolutely wonderful. And then uh, Lindsay Gilman um, from Kingston University as well, because we're praying that we'll be able to use the Mora. Can you believe it? But we're gonna call it something else because we're not going to use the NMC standards because we're here in Abu Dhabi. Um, it doesn't match. So we are going to, that's why we're using the ICM competencies. And then we just as well to acknowledge Corinne Adnani. She's a, a colleague of mine from uh, Indonesia. Yeah. Uh, she's a friend I've met through Twitter and we've co-authored before, but her PhD was in the area of um, midwifery curriculum development in Indonesia. So we reached out to her and she kindly shared so much um, support and love and information. So we're just a really like to 
share um, gratitude and acknowledgement to all, to all of those people, to mm. Indy and Kenda, Astrid, all of those people. Um, and if the, we can't name anybody because or name everybody no. because we're going to leave somebody out. Yeah, so just exactly. Thank you to everybody that we've spoken to uh, about the midwifery curriculum. Um, thank you so much. <laughs> oh, you'll have a few questions. <laughs> So where do we go from here? Not even us know. You know, we know what's going to happen tomorrow and what we're hoping is going to happen in August. Um, but that's the great thing. That's the brilliant of this challenge. And that's what we're looking forward to. And that's what keeps the fire in our belly to succeed. Yep. So okay. let's see. Where Abby are we going to go? <laughs> yeah, Abby Dabby style. Midwife's on call in Abu Dhabi. This is what our dream. (laughs) I love that. I love that. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much to both of you. I think, um, and I'm glad you put up the references because it's reminded me that I need to remind the audience that you will have access to all of these. Not most of these references are on the um, the resources page that will be available. Um, I think I might have missed a couple of them, but all of the Lancet series ones are down there. And of course, the ICM proficiencies and competencies, which are really, really good if you're trying to work on a curriculum. So I'd I'd, uh, welcome people accessing that. And thank you very much, Gina and Maeve, for that, because I know you're you're at a very exciting point and it's kind of very... um, it's a busy time because you're working and you're kind of doing some of the development and some of the scoping. Uh, and it sounded really very um, dynamic and shifting in an exciting way. So thank you so much for sharing that experience that you have. We do have some questions. So um, you're not going to escape without some questions. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I have one question from Belinda Ackerman. Hi, Belinda. Oh, hi, Belinda. <laughs> And she's saying, and I think you've kind of answered it, are you planning to use the NMC midwifery standards, the proficiencies for midwives? And you you were saying that that wasn't going to be part of things. Does the um, Abu Dhabi kind of, um, you said you have some sort of governance of standards there in existence. Mm -hmm. Are they very different to the NMC proficiencies? No, but when you look at the themes, but it doesn't go like the um, NMC proficiencies at all. No, no. there's, um, I suppose, there's a lack of midwifery. And I think she's a, it's about the NMC here. Do you mean yeah. the NMC UAE? Yes, yes, yeah. No, yeah. So the, the, the scope of midwifery practice is not uh, separate. Yeah, they have like a okay. code of conduct. Oh, so I like, like our code. Yes. yes okay but I not like they don't have the proficiencies like their nmc in the uk right okay that's fantastic and for those of you haven't noticed that there's an nmc proficiencies midwifery proficiencies 2019 it's useful if you have a look at that if you are designing a curriculum in somewhere like the uk if you're somewhere else one of the most important things which Gina and Maeve have illustrated brilliantly, is you have to be in country and you have to take on board the kind of regulations that are there and the people that are brilliantly done. Um, Now I've got another question from Katie Polkiewicz. 
I hope I've pronounced that correctly, Katie. And she says, this is fascinating. Thank you. Amazing decrease in IMR. And she wants to know, is the lactation officer the same as a lactation consultant? What? Lactation officer? Oh, yeah, she said if, if somebody has a problem. Think, oh, yeah. But I think um, that all of the hospitals here offer really good IBCLC support. Yeah. All of do. them have lactation consultant support mm. available. Um, I'm not too sure about the actual title, mm. but I do know that obviously as internationally ibclc can be anybody it's not necessarily a midwife and as far as we can see there's a lot of pediatricians a lot of neonatologists a lot of other people who are ibclc which is same as international Mm -hmm. so it's not necessarily midwives but we will and the hospitals here are all um baby friendly hospitals so like this i don't know like one of the most the biggest hospital here, I guess we name it. I don't know the Corniche is baby friendly <laughs> hospital, wow. um, and other hospitals that we have attended are um, in the process of accreditation for baby friendly. So they really are hot on breastfeeding, mm. and it is a very big priority for them here. Um, wow. In terms of the, the title, the job title, Katie. I'm sorry, I don't know. No, but that's. I mean, that's that's really useful to know. And the baby friendly issue is really helpful to know that that's that's something most mm. of them are working to or have had. Thank yeah. you. Now I've got um, Layla, who's a student midwife. Hi, hi Layla. So sadly, these statistics don't surprise me. The statistics in nearby Yemen are heartbreakingly horrific amongst the worst humanitarian crisis. Mm. Uh, providing aid and especially education in these areas is something that can spring from the Emirates, which I'm very hopeful about. I think that's a comment more than a question. Thank you, Layla. Thank that you. Good. Really good. Yeah. And we have a question. Um, Jane Marshall from Leicester. Mm-hmm. Hi, Jane. Says, interesting, your program is four years, as ours at the university, the same as the um, one in University of Leicester. Do you intend including electors for your students to come to the UK for experience and vice versa? I'd love to share how I've created a midwifery program with leadership with you both. We're interested in your program and leader too. <laughs> I think there's some linkages going on here. Yeah, we would like that to happen. And actually, the student nurses have already come up to me and asked, "Can we have electives?" So wow. it's not something that they do at the moment, but we're hoping. To be honest, really even good. if we can get them to go to the other Emirates, it would be good yeah. if they could go to Dubai oh. or Ajman or Alain to the other, because there's, you know, even to get yeah. out to Alain would be a different. Uh, experience experience for them just to get outside of their current environment would be good because you have to remember I suppose culturally these students are different as well because they are young Emirati um, women who have different responsibilities and roles within their families Mm -hmm. and sometimes they don't have their own transport they're being um, I suppose supported by their brother or their family whoever for transport and they're not always sort of able to freely go to the UK for two weeks you know it might not be feasible as much as in any other part of the world it might not be but we're definitely we would like to uh, pursue something like that that's great well jane's in interested in linking up with you fantastic link with us link with us jane (laughs) oh and jane jane's got an idea for the mora she oh have you now (laughs) the adora (gasps) oh 
with on my whiteboard we was on the whiteboard trying to look at acronyms wasn't we it was like we got to think of something that's connected with Abu Dhabi the Adora well done fantastic okay we've got a comment from Diane Rideout and she's taught in India I've taught in India USA and China and you're right NMC competence do not fit and I believe should be homegrown. Absolutely, Diane. Yeah. And that's our water birth expert also. You might want to link up with Diane yeah. for, for some work there. And then Jeez. Joe Knox. Hi, Joe. Says, oh, would you Joe. welcome midwif midwifery lecturers to come and see your fantastic work? It's very exciting. I know, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, you know you can come and see me anytime. <laughs> fabulous now just to the audience just to, to say i keep going over here because i i have two screens and the questions are coming up on my other screen so i beg your pardon if you feel i'm turning away from you i'm trying not to and and it's, okay so joe you know you've got a date and you can go and see the camels and gina was telling me they have beauty contests for the camels yeah and that's that yeah. sounds like a very good holiday activity is <laughs> alongside the working bit of it yeah, exactly. okay and we have Layla again uh, Layla would love to come and join you both in my abroad elective in my third year of my MSc Ooh. in midwifery with leadership See? so there might be a little link this up is there exciting yeah fantastic wonderful opportunities yeah. And I think we've got another person, Jessica. Jessica O'Keefe, hi, Jessica, says, how amazing would an elective be? My elective placement is next year, and I'd love to come <laughs> over if I could. <laughs> I you know what, but in next year, thing. yeah, we don't know where we'll be. Maybe we would be at a, a place that we can make that decision, isn't it? It could be, could be. Keep in contact well, with us. <laughs> I think, I mean, I think... Stay tuned. I, yeah, I think this, I mean, if you can have an elective, it's always good to have an elective to a different place. And a place where it's growing and there's development is really fantastic. So keep your fingers crossed and keep linked up. And you, you, that might be possible. And then um, Jane sent her, her email, which I, I think you've probably got, but I'll send on to you. And Laura, Laura says, I'm shocked and inspired by the presentation. I had no idea midwifery was so underdeveloped in UAA, but a fantastic news to hear the plans in progress to develop a midwifery curriculum. Can I ask what the vaginal birth rate is in the UAA? UAE. Sorry, I was a bit sloppy there. I think it's hard to determine, really, isn't it? Because it, okay. it's different. Yeah. Yeah. And there's obviously private hospitals and public hospitals yeah. that it would vary. Um, but I, I think from what we're getting, it's quite similar to the UK, really. It sounds it? When you're thinking similar, about yeah. to the C-section rates. Um, One thing that's coming across that we're kind of, this, I suppose there's a lot of different cultural things, but there is grand multiparity. Mm. So there would be, um, I think they were saying like 14 and 15 babies mm. in as normal in some families. Um, wow. So I guess... It would depend on where you are and which hospital you're in and uh, sort of cultural norms as well. Yeah, that's yes. a good. Yeah, I, I suspect there's going to be some publications coming out from Maeve and Gina <laughs> with all sorts of information like this coming through. So that's fantastic. I think. Um, oh, have I got another question? No, I haven't got another question. 
because I had a question. I want I wondered actually you made a comment about clinical practice that you were able to go in the clinical area to support the students, but you weren't permitted to do any clinical practice yourself. No. Would that ever happen? I don't think so, because the way their licenses are here, we wouldn't be licensed to do that. We, we would have to do um, a special course to be. So it, it, you could do it, but it would take time. There are ways of doing that. But then then you're mixing two roles. Okay. <laughs> so in the role that we're taken uh, with Fatima College, we're going there as a lecturer and we're not going there as a clinician. Okay, so it's a little bit different to the UK again. Yeah. That's fine. That's fine. But also, the um, I was going to say it could be that we use our initiative to do some research around some sort of maybe groups a support. You know, um, it could be that we have some sort of research component which could offer care in such in a way if you yeah. know what I'm saying yeah. you know what I'm trying to yeah. say so we could actually maybe set up some groups or something like that where we would actually be um, de delivering care as such yeah. but, I know that happens in some with some I mean obviously in, in UK I'm aware that some teachers do have a very strong clinical role others don't and some hold a caseload with a group of students yeah. and others don't. Yeah. So there are differences, but that, that's really helpful. Thank you. And I've got just a few more quest queries. We've got some, we have to answer this one because it's from Fatima. Hey, Fatima. Hey, Fatima. <laughs> she says, from a nationalities point of view, who has access to healthcare professional studies in UAE? Who has access, access to... From a nationalities point of view. Who is it Fatima access? Adel? It's not Fatima Adel, is it? It could be Fatima, Fatima E, oh. she says. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Who has access to... What do you mean? I'm sorry. Yeah, I well, I guess, I guess I, I, I sorry, think Fatima. she might mean, correct me if I'm wrong, she might mean, is this just open to people Emirates. from Abu Dhabi or is it from other people who might be living oh, there at the time it. i'm one i think that's probably what is meant it's all the emirates that can yeah. do the course okay so our our college is across four campuses so abu dhabi ajman alain and al dafra mm -hmm. so at the moment we will roll this out in abu dhabi if it's successful then <laughs> if and when Hold it's on. successful <laughs> Right. We will offer it to students across the other Emirates. So yeah. I'm not too sure if that's where she's going with this. So yeah. not just at the moment, it will be just for Abu Dhabi. But they can come from anywhere in the Emirates and do the course in Abu Dhabi. Okay. If that makes sense. Well, we'll hope that answers Fatima. I hope that answers you, Fatima. Then I have Ruth Sanders saying, so interesting. Do you imagine students will have placements in both public and private hospitals? Yes. Right. Yes, That's a nice, can. easy one. Yeah. And, and hello, then Ruth. Hello. I go. <laughs> well done, Ruth. And then Tanya says, are there traditional birth hello. attendants there too? This is assistant midwives, isn't there? There's another level on the register. Yeah, but I haven't heard them as birth attendants. No. And or doulas, I haven't. But I know that there are doulas uh, well established, yeah. okay. especially in Dubai. Um, I haven't seen them so much in Abu Dhabi. Um, but yeah, we're still doing homework on that, still doing mm. scoping. Right. 
But yeah, it's maternity nurses and nurses that are in the maternity at the moment. Fabulous. Well, I'm going, I'm, I could listen to you guys for a long time. And I know that our audience could. We've got a lot of people here listening in, but we have to draw it to, to close because the clock's against us. So thank you so much, Maeve, and thank you so much, Gina. You've been fantastic, and you must come again a little bit down the road as you're starting to bring in students into the actual midwifery programme and share what's happening, because it's very exciting to hear this very dynamic activity and the way you're working with it and the way you're weaving in a little bit of research and you're weaving in a, a very... It is dynamic because I can feel the way it's moving is fantastic. So thank you so much for sharing that with us this evening. Now I'm going to just remind people, I'll remind people to just check out the resources. And I need to remind everyone to also book in for the All-Ireland All Ireland Maternity and Midwifery Festival on the 29th of March. It's hybrid. You can come face to face or you can come online, but register so you can get your box set after whether you can make it or not also we have um the festival um in uh april 26th and on the 21st of june i'm saying manchester 21st of june because if you want to put a paper in you need to do it now so don't be shy put one put a paper in it's all available online and and i just have to say another big thank you to our lovely guests maven and um my brain's gone out. Gina, <laughs> Gina. <laughs> I'm looking at looking at the, the screen going a bit blank <laughs> for joining us this evening and sharing what they're doing in Abu Dhabi. And best of luck with that work and you're coming back. And in the meantime, time to everybody, stay safe, stay well, and we'll see you next week. This time next week, 7 to 8. Thank you for joining us for the Maternity and Midwifery Hour. This podcast has been made possible by the team at Maternity and Midwifery Forum and our CPD partners, Matflix. You can sign up at matflix.co.uk. This episode was edited and produced by Catherine Stewart of the Narrowcast Media Group.